you're listening to Rock Bottom Radio, broadcasting from deep in the turf net zone. Here's your host, Randy Wilson. Hello and welcome to Rock Bottom Country Club. Today's show is jam-packed with all kinds of stuff. For instance, we've got a really important skeletal golf theory to discuss. There's story time. Also, we all take Porter to the vet after we go by the Dairy Queen for lunch. And the official nominations for the Turpentine Corn Cob Award are in. Before we get started, remember, we're brought to you by Vinyl Guard and TurfNet. Rock Bottom Pro Shop. Yes, mm-hmm, right. We'll announce the winner sometime in April. We don't like to compete with the Oscars. Hey, Willie, you see this Tweety guy asking folks to take a poll about which job posting everybody uses? Then he says we need a new one, and before anyone can vote, he just happens to have something to offer in that line. I bet he's umbilically linked to it. Why don't we all just take a poll on which turf school in Pennsylvania everybody uses and if they think we need a new one? I heard they had dancing girls at the big show and folks got outraged. Was it cheerleaders? I like cheerleaders. I reckon that fella that photographs lingerie models got real outraged too. Time for a public service announcement. Hey guys and gals, are you having trouble hiring folks? Maybe the problem isn't what you're paying or how hard the job is. It could be much simpler than that. Maybe you are an ass. I know, because that was my problem. I was a jackass. Some think I still am. But I learned how to fix it. Here's how I did it. I went on TurfNet and read Paul McCormick and Dave Wilbur and Peter McCormick. And I watched Kevin Ross and I learned how to de-stress and be polite and engaging and friendly. Well, that last one is still my biggest hurdle, but I'm working on it. So read some of our fine TurfNet writers and watch a TurfNet film or two, and before long, you'll be calm and smooth and professional too. And not so much of a... Okay, today I'm announcing our attempt to birth the TurfNet wildlife calendar instead of a dog or cat calendar. It'll be better PR than dogs because showing wildlife that lives on or frequents golf courses instantly shuts down the enviro-radical golf haters. I know this idea will be instantly copied, but what the hey? It's occurred to me that this won't turn out well. You know how the selfie generation works. Somebody will get chomped by a gator or a bear or a wombat while trying to take a selfie. I know one guy that got mugged by a gator, but, you know, in retrospect, he shouldn't have been walking around their campus wearing Georgia Bulldog stuff. Help me, I've fallen in a bunker and I can't get out. You need to call somebody. Who? Them paramedics won't come rescue an old man trapped in a bunker. I know that's right. I got caught in a pot bunker at Rivermont and was there for two days. That feller on the raking machine hadn't come along. Are you going to help me or not? I suppose. Call search and rescue and tell them you're trapped in quicksand. They'll come a-running. That gives me an idea for making bunkers back into hazards on the pro tour. Well, I'm going on without you. No, 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 I'm even through seven. I mean, you forfeit. Forfeit? Forfeit? I can't wait. I gotta get to the latrine. I should have never ate that keto dog in the pro shop. It's time for a skeletal golf theory. Have you ever noticed that some of your favorite bands really only produced one good album? 
And then there were those really great bands that managed to produce three real masterpieces, you know, the kind where almost every song on the album was memorable. Now, some bands released dozens of albums, but in reality, only three or maybe even two of those albums were great albums. Sometimes only one album was quality work, and the rest were pure filler. The creative process can be affected by all sorts of outside influences, politics, economics, alcohol, broken love affairs, health, family problems. You know, the list can go on and on and on, but you know what I mean. I won't mention actual names of bands or albums here due to the deep feelings that are often dredged up when childhood favorites are slighted. For instance, if someone were to savage one of my favorites, like uh, Christmas with Alvin and the Chipmunks, you know, I would probably react in a hostile manner. Sometimes a band just loses its creativity and their desire after a short burst of greatness. Some make two good albums and a few groups make three records and then proceed to just go through the motions for years and years. And that's often due to contracts and lawyers and debt incurred back when the money seemed like it would always be endless. The same thing happens to filmmakers and painters and writers. They have a big hit and then they step out of their bailiwick. We all know of a great writer who only produced one book. Maybe they followed up with a couple more and then sank into mediocrity and some produced what many felt were epic works and then they just vanished. Much like bands and songwriters and musicians, like the ones we discussed a moment ago, something happens to their motivation, their desire, and they no longer produce memorable work. They go back to making ordinary sludge. I noticed the same thing happened to golf course architects. A revered architect may have managed to crank out 400 designs, but in truth, quite a few may have just been ordinary, unremarkable mere shadows of the few great works that they had accomplished. Maybe down through the years, the tweaking of the course through other architects and superintendents make the course into a great one, but who knows? Another architect may have just had one great design in him, and then due to either a poor canvas or difficult working conditions or that same list of outside factors discussed earlier, his remaining work failed to reach his one-hit wonder level. Why am I telling you this? Because in skeletal golf theory, this kind of thing happens to golf course superintendents. It's like a band. Some superintendents are a perfect fit for a particular property and a particular kind of membership, while others just don't blend in that well. Some superintendents are great construction types or grow-in artists, while others are gifted with daily maintenance and logistics and team-building skills. A truly brilliant superintendent may go for years at a high level and then tire quickly. You know that old bit about how somebody went bankrupt slowly at first and then all of a sudden? Anyway, he or she may just need to move on in order to spark that creativity and the motivation and that ability to problem solve, which are the true skills of the great superintendent. If they stay in place without that spark, they become like that worn out old band still playing the hits with no desire or love for what they're doing. You know, like that band you followed back in high school Maybe that superintendent only has three good courses in him over a 40-year period. I've seen courses where the perfect combination of superintendent, crew, staff, equipment, weather, owner or green committee, and a golf course at a certain level of infrastructure and maturity, well, it all combines to produce a masterpiece that, frankly, it'll never be replicated again. It's an easy mistake to blame a course's problems on a tired superintendent. 
when it's really the fault of the entire band. Sometimes you just have to quit the band and go solo. Okay, okay, quiet everyone. The emergency meeting of the Mystic Order of Greenkeepers will now come to order. We will begin with the treasurer's report. Go ahead, Boof. Uh, go ahead, what? Give the financial status of Emoji. Oh, uh, yeah, we, uh, we don't have any. Any financial status? I don't know about that. We don't have any money. What'd he say? Point of order, point of order. I demand a recount. We ain't counted nothing yet. Hold on now. Are you saying M.O.G. is broke? We don't have any money? That's correct. I'm thinking we ought to raise our dues and create more categories of members instead of just superintendents. We ought to have categories for everybody, including the beer cart operators. What are our dues now? Uh, nothing. All the perks and services and benefits are free. What are those perks and benefits? Ain't none. See how it kind of works out? Well, we can at least get around to the official nominations for the Turpentine Corn Cop Award. Because, you know, that's sustainable and affordable. I nominate that great intellect Bubba Watson for that film starring the DeChambeau fella encouraging golfers to desecrate greens by pounding them with a putter. I officially nominate Sergio for his little hissy fit. I nominate Ward somebody from Golf Club Atlas for saying that the most overlooked golf course maintenance practice is not painting the top of the cup white. All right, then I, I nominate Brandy Chablis for just being incredibly arrogant when interacting with superintendents and for suggesting ultra dwarf greens in Oregon and for telling us he's an expert on greens because he has putted on greens. Oh, also, I want to nominate Tweety's Turf Tooth. No, that looks more like Turf, turf Truth for anonymously setting themselves up as the unofficial tool of the Inquisition in golf, all while hiding behind a fake name. You believe that? Hiding behind a Reminds name. me of what we owe to fellows like Arnie and Jack and Gary Player and Sam Snead and Lee Trevino and Tom Watson. Oh, oh, and Mr. Couples, too. Because I don't ever recall seeing one of them men pitching a little hissy fit in a bunker on a green. That's because they were men. Real men. Tough as a pig's nose. Not a bunch of spoiled whiners raised on country clubs and sheltered by their mommies. Mama, why'd you sit your coffee cup on the floor? It was so weak, I was afraid it might fall off the table. Hello, my name is Bertram Muller. I'm the big alphabet special projects investigator and sensor for the golf industry, and I'm here You're to- You're here to stick your nose where it don't belong. That's what alphabets do. Am I right? That's the first thing we need to talk about. It's hard for us to keep control of rank and file while you're out there rowing contrary to the party line. What is he talking about? He's fixing to give me a list of stuff I'm not allowed to talk about. That's correct. First, do not talk about how much money our CEO makes. Why not? We can talk about how much the President of the United States makes. You aren't following protocol. Say that right there, just frost my danglies. Can't say that either. Can we talk about why we keep getting presidents that never served in the military that they send young folks into battle? Yeah, it's like somebody never work on the crew and being a superintendent. Or never having been a superintendent and being a golf course architect. Yeah, like Tommy D. Y'all are missing the point of this meeting. The current president got no idea what it's like serving in the military. Neither did the last three. Ain't one of them ever had a job. Well, wait, George was in the Alabama Air National Guard. 
Oh yeah, that's right, never mind. Mama, see why you need to shut these guys up? Well, what about when the really big alphabets made really big promises? Like what? Well, back in 05, when the USGA promised to do something about green speeds and the ball and- Can we just move on? You also cannot say that golf is broken and needs fixing. Have you noticed that young folks are taking up hiking in huge numbers? But are they taking up golf in big numbers? I don't think so. You know what might work? Digital driving ranges. I'm not talking about those golf bowling alleys. I'm talking about serious golf practice facilities modeled after video games. Use that as a recruiting agent. Then launch them into the real world. I know I drop my kids off at the E-Range before I drop them off at the Bowling Alley Golf Disco Singles Bar. Willie, take Porter to the vet and then take everybody over to the Dairy Queen for lunch. Okay, everybody get in the car. Can I go? I could use a chocolate milkshake. Yeah, but you gotta sit in the back. What is that? Did we just pass a chicken farm? No, it's Cletus's dog back here. Porter's wearing a dog diaper. Won't you stop complaining? Oh my gosh, will you feed him? Stale beer and gas station chili? The air in his car smells like my head stuck inside his diaper. Kinda puts your teeth on edge. I'm afraid it's building up on my teeth. Porter, what are you complaining about? You the perpetrator. His sense of smell is superior to ours. Will he pull over? I can't take it. This reminds me of the time the septic tank caught fire. This is why pickup trucks were invented, so dogs could ride in the back. And dog diapers, that's the stupidest thing I ever Ain't no different than them golf diapers you wear. I wish I could ride in the back. You'd still be breathing it. Well, it'd be better than sitting here tasting it. Careful, you almost run over that stop sign. Hey, you know what stop means? I didn't see it. My eyes are burning. Everything's kind of blurry. Cletus, I think you bought the wrong kind of diaper. You've got the extra absorbent. Is everybody all right? No, Porter has rent my shoes. What happened? Hey, diaper came loose and everybody jumped in the front seat and caused Willie to hit a tree. Whose diaper, Porter's or Booth's? Uh, looks like both. I can't breathe. I think I'm dying of, of smell poisoning. Mama warned y'all not let Porter ride in the car unless you're wearing a respirator. So it turns out that I didn't even get a ticket. What about the car? Is it totaled? I think it's been totaled since Ludell rolled it over back in 98, you know, and he's using it to pull a five game. Now it's just uglier. All right, knock the rest of the windows out of it and use it to push the ball picker out on the range. Speaking of windows... We ain't buying no computers. No, I was going to ask if we could have some windows at the barn, especially if Cletus is going to be keeping Porter down there. Cletus, give that dog a bath. This time use that scrub brush and some ammonia in the water. They want you dead? He might never come back now. Hey, is there going to be story time today? Yeah, I guess so. A short story from the annals of our family golf madness. Y'all remember Grandma Tip, don't you? She was in the first chapter of Greens of Wrath, written by me, and available on Amazon Books. Grandma Tip was one of those elderly church ladies when I was a kid way back in the early 60s. And I think she was about 95 or 100 then, having been born during the Great War of Northern Aggression. 
She was always warning me about the dangers of the world, stuff like drinking and smoking and dancing and loose women and TV and carpetbaggers. She had lived through Reconstruction, the period after the war. And by the way, for those of you who just can't understand why the South won't forget, it wasn't the war that caused the deep and nearly permanent resentment that Southerners feel. It was Reconstruction. That's when a bunch of crooked senators who disagreed with Abe Lincoln's plan to forgive and forget somehow got control and sent hordes of looters, known as carpetbaggers, down here to pillage and plunder and tax folks right off their farms. They're still doing that kind of thing, only now they don't limit their actions to the South. Anyway, Grandma Tip was still upset about losing the family farm to the northern tax revenuers, and she hatched a plan to eradicate all the carpetbaggers from our little town in Tennessee. I was chosen to dissuade her of that notion because I was the only one she would talk to. She didn't get along with the family or her neighbors and such. That was due to all the local rich folk in our town had a history of collusion with the Yankees all the way back to 1862. That's how they managed to keep their money and their farms. Grandma Tip was determined to carry out her plan of carpetbagger eradication and she also continued to preach endlessly to me and the other kids about the dangers of society. You know, we talked about this before, drinking, dancing, and smoking. Although now that I think about it, Grandma Tip finding live ammo for her Walker Colts 45 was more dangerous than drinking, smoking, and dancing combined. Now, while it's true that women, loose or not, are dangerous, you know, there have been entire wars fought over women, sometimes triggered by women, like, you know, one of our former secretaries of state. But anyway, the most danger I ever encountered was Grandma Tip's plan to destabilize the carpetbagger regime in our town by using golf. That's right, golf. Her idea was to get the whole bunch addicted to golf and all the benefits thereof. You know, the fresh air, the walking in a beautifully manicured meadow, the competition, the friendly socializing, gambling and beer drinking. And then when they were hopelessly dependent upon the act of golf, then she would get all the loyal Southerners in the First Baptist Church to pull together and close all these pits of sin local golf courses, thus driving the carpetbaggers out of town. Well, they managed to close all the sin pits but one, a scruffy, unkempt dog track of a course out by the airport. And the northern foreigners kept patronizing the place. They refused to leave town. Eventually, Grandma Tip gave up and took up golf her own self. After she won the church lady's Saturday morning dogfight and skins game, she became a relentless player, content to take money off the Yankees every Saturday. I don't think at that point she wanted them to leave anymore. Anyway, the day they hauled her off to the old folks' prison where there was no golf, well, I'll tell you what, let's just cover that part in detail in the Greens of Wrath. You'll have to buy the book. So in the end, our family golf madness claimed another victim, and probably not the last. You've been listening to Rock Bottom Radio, broadcasting from deep in the turf net zone. Subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher for future episodes. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.